there is a place for you here in this house. Do you believe that this morning? You are chosen. You are meant to be here this morning. Today is going to mark the rest of your life, guys. It's going to be a good morning. Thank you, team. Thank you for singing that song. I asked them to sing that song for us this morning so we could be reminded of who we are in Christ. So, so good. So good. And Yan Mei, you are such a gift to all of us. I love you so much. I mean, I think maybe you should just wear a crown all the time. I will wear one with you. You guys know she was wearing that because Thursday night, Balboa and Bejo ladies are going to put their crowns on and walk into conference like the royalty that we are, just for fun. I mean, you can wear a flower crown, you can wear a massive crown, you can wear a Burger King crown, it doesn't matter. Just show up and come to Cherish with us, okay? It's going to be so, so great. Um, sorry, God has prompted me to do something, so I'm just going to do it. Um, this sweet, are you guys family right here in the second row? Red shirt and green shirt. Like you just, you just excuse joy. Like it's so beautiful, your smile. And as you were worshiping, um, did I see you raise your hands as brand new guests? Oh, well, welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. But I just, um, I looked over and I just saw you smiling and worshiping. And I just felt like God said, tell her that is what she does for me. She puts a smile on my face with her actions, with her life, with, um, with the way you speak to people. You, you, there's an evangelistic gift on your life. And um, it, it, your smile just changes atmosphere. So thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, take a seat, everyone. Oh my gosh, there's babies everywhere. It makes me so happy. So precious. I will hold them if you need me to. Even if I'm preaching, I would be happy to. Well, all right. It's going to be a good morning. And um, I don't want to be up here preaching by myself. So I want to hear from you guys this morning, okay? Go ahead and feel free to talk back to me. But right now, get your notebooks out. Get ready to receive from God. But I want you to take a minute and I want you just to look around at each other. Look around. Smile. Give someone your biggest, best smile. Look how different everybody looks. Look how different everybody looks from everybody else. God brought us the best looking people in San Diego here at Awaken Church. It is true. That is one of the only nice things in our Yelp reviews, usually. I don't know what those Yelp people are doing. It's like they just are miserable people. I want them to walk in here so we can just lay hands on them, the good way and the bad way sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing? But, um, but the reason why I want you to look around and uh, look at each other is because I want to remind us today, just like we sang, that we are God's masterpiece, that we are unique, that, um, that he has given you a special identity. And um, it's one of the biggest needs we have in our life is to kind of find out who we are. Like I, like, you know, years ago before everybody discovered DNA, we weren't able to test and actually find out who we are. So I was looking it up and I noticed that, or I read that Ancestry.com, just one of the companies that does that, has 20 million users, you guys. 20 million people have not just looked up, but subscribed. So that way they can continue to get information on their DNA and who their family is or whatever. There is a deep need for each and every one of us to figure out what our identity is and why we were created. But then, well, here's the good news. The Bible tells us, that if the Bible, like it always does, just makes it really simple. It says, guess what? You were created in God's image. 
Like you were created in God's image and the rest of our life, we get to unpack what that really means. But the Bible also tells us that there is an enemy roaming around seeking who it may devour, which means the biggest thing I think the enemy wants to steal from us is our identity. Has anybody ever had your identity stolen? Yeah, right. Everyone, every service is like, yes, if it's happened. Like, it's the worst thing ever. It feels so violating. It's like such a hot mess. I mean, even just this year, we had like two or three debit card or credit cards where, thank God the bank was on it, you know, called us, hey, are you in Massachusetts getting at Walmart? No, I am not. And I probably won't be anytime in the future. So now you get a new card and like all the things that are like debited automatically off that card you have to mess with and it's just a pain, right? And it feels violating. And it's just interesting because I was thinking about it. It's like somebody that didn't create that, Someone that doesn't own that wants to come in and steal it from you, wants to come in and take it from you. So that story sounds familiar if you've read anything about the Bible, right? So don't worry. We're going to arm ourselves up today. We're going to be like James 4 where it says we're going to resist the devil because then he will flee from you. Amen, amen? All right. So let's talk about how we protect our identity. We must be very careful with the labels that we put on ourselves. Really, really careful. How many of you have seen these? They're name tags. Can you see what they are? They're name tags. There's not, they're nothing fancy. They're just um, name tags. And my girls would be like, Mom, those are so dorky. Please don't make me wear those name tags. And I get it. You walk into a party and there's name tags there and you're like, doesn't really go with my outfit. And they always stick in my hair. Like, I don't know how it gets all like tangled up. But they're also super helpful because how many of you have like talked to someone and introduced yourself to them like too many times? And now you're like, we're friends, but I can't really ask you your name anymore. That's awkward. So they're actually really, really helpful. So, um, Charles and I walked into this church 12 years ago because we were invited. And um, like many of you, we walked in here and we were like, wow, you know, we've been going to church our whole life. But we walked in here and we were like, this is just special. Like I can feel the presence of God in here. So we decided we were going to plant ourselves in this house. It was a healthy place to stay. And we started, we went to all the DNA classes and then we joined a connect group and then we started leading a connect group and we had little kids at the time. So we started leading a family connect group. And in the Fuller household, one of our values is we are servant leaders. So yes, we're called to lead in every area of your life. You lead yourself and you lead others. But if you want to be the biggest leader, you're also going to be the biggest server. So when it came to our connect group, we got the girls involved. They had to help clean and set up and all the things. So we were having this huge connect group. It was like Friendsgiving or something. So we were combining with like a bunch of other groups. And so there's gonna be a lot of us there that didn't know each other. And so we thought, let's get name tags and let's make it fun. We'll get name tags. And um, we'll take a Sharpie and we'll write our name on the name tag and then we'll write underneath it like a description, like a word, one word that describes yourself. And then while people are meeting each other, it'll be like, you know, a fun conversation starter. So we set our girls up at the front and we give them a little table and we're like, this is your assignment. Welcome people. Tell them all about the things. And then I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to finish setting up so you guys make me a name tag. And guess what? You can pick the word that you want to put on there for mom. Okay. And they, you know, eyes are all big, like, well, it's a big responsibility. And I'm thinking like, oh, they're my girls. They love me so much. They're probably going to put like fabulous or fun or best mom in the world. And so they, they run over and they bring me my name tag and it says, Tessa, loud. That's what it said. They weren't wrong. I'm loud. So are they. It's just the way we roll in our household. 
I mean, if you want an honest answer, just ask a child, right? Go into kids' church and serve, and you'll find out it's the funnest thing ever. So um, I want to ask you, if I took these name tags and I passed them around to every single one of you, and I gave you a Sharpie and you put your name on it, and then I told you to put a word on it that described you, what word would you choose? That's good. What would you write on your name tag? Probably there's a few names going through your head. There's one that's positive that you think you should put, but then there's other things that maybe somehow have been attached to you. Let's say I took the Sharpie out of your hand and I gave it to God. And I said, don't worry about what they've already put. I want you, God, to write your description of them on the name tag. Just think about what God would write about you. It's all the things we sang about this morning. Chosen, redeemed, loved, restored, made in my image, perfect creation. Those are the things that God would write about you. So the title of my message this morning is, Hello, My Name Is. And I'm not going to make you all put name tags on. We'll see. So far, so far, so good. So I think it's really, really important that we understand our identity. We get a grasp of what our identity is. Because imagine if you actually understood the way God created you and why he created you that way and that he did it on purpose. You are an absolute masterpiece of what he wants you to be. Because we would probably do everything in our life differently, right? Imagine if you had a firm grasp on this, who would you date? Who would you choose to marry? What career would you choose? Would that change? I mean, maybe even in your job, you might expect to be paid a little bit more. That wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I think it would just change everything. How you talk to people, how you walk in a room, how you conduct your life, all the things. So as I'm talking to you this morning, I believe that God is going to show us areas in our life, show us places where we are not living up to our God potential. Okay, I, where we've taken the Sharpie and we've let the world write something on there that actually shouldn't be on there. Or we've let our circumstances write on there or our history or even our family. Something on there that doesn't apply. Is that all right? Can we grow together this morning? Okay, so as we look at our life today, I'm believing that God is going to show us areas of our life where if we really understood our identity, we would be living up here. But maybe there's just areas where we're living down here. We're living below what he's called you to live. But the good news is, we're not the only ones. Thank God we have a Bible, because all you have to do is open this up and read about all the knuckleheads in here that felt the same way that we did, okay? So we are going to talk about that today. Um, one of the stories we're going to talk about is Gideon. Okay, if you know the story about Gideon. I don't have time to open up the book of Judges and read the entire thing, even though I can talk really, really fast. Instead, I'm going to tell you the story, okay? So here we are. We're in Judges. We find these are the people of, of, of Israel, the promised land, okay? They, God has brought them into the promised land. It took 40 years because they were complaining and all the things. But now they are there. They are there. They are like in the land of milk and honey. But they look around, and they are just complaining again. They have forgotten who they are, and they can't even enjoy the blessings that are around them. You guys, these are God's promised people. They are in the promised land, but it's like they've forgotten everything God has already done for them, all the manna from heaven, all the things. He's just, they've completely forgotten. The Bible says they stopped honoring God, they stopped obeying God, and they were in a continuous cycle of turning from God. How many of you know that's probably not going to end well, right? 
I'm imagining God's like looking down on them and he's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? This is not how I created you. Like, this is not what I have called you to. But they, the Bible says they kept turning from God and he gave us and them free will. So he's thinking, okay, I guess if this is what you want, like, I will turn you over. It's going to break my heart. But God says, but it says that God's protection was removed from them because of their choices. Because they were turning from God. God never turns from you. They were turning from him. The story says, of course, that they became totally oppressed by their enemies. They had no sheep, no ox, no donkey. The Midianites had completely ravished them. They were devastated. The land was devastated. They weren't even living in their houses anymore, you guys. They were living in, like, caves. They were hiding out, trying to get food, hiding, trying to save their lives. So then, of course, after a while of living like that, they were like, oh, this is not very fun. Like, this is kind of miserable. And they would cry out to God for help. And then it says God would be faithful and merciful. And he would send someone, and I quote, empowered by the Holy Spirit to deliver them in a miraculous way. So that's where enters Gideon. Dun, 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 dun. Here is our hero, okay? However, he doesn't come riding in on a white horse. He is found instead hiding in a wine press. It says he is threshing wheat. Well, I have never been a threshing wheat person. I don't exactly know what that is. However, when I read about it, I understand that you need to go do that in a high place because the wind actually helps you separate the part that you're going to use from your food and the part that you're not going to use, okay? So here is Gideon, our hero, um, so afraid that the enemy was going to steal the food if he did it in the high place where he was supposed to do it that he was hiding down here. Kind of like in our lives with our God potential in which we were created. Something that, God, that Gideon should have been doing up on the mountaintop, he was doing down in a valley, actually down in a wine press. And because he was doing it like that, it wasn't effective, okay? He wasn't able to do what he was supposed to do. So Gideon is hiding. He's trying not to be found. How many of us have ever hidden? From people, from God, when my nephew was little and we would play hide and seek, he would just like go around the corner and close his eyes and be like, I'm ready. And it was like, he was like, okay, if, if I can't see you, then you can't see me. So therefore I'm hiding, you know? And I was like, it makes me laugh because I'm thinking like, how many times have I done this with God? How many times have I been like, no, 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 God, no, I'm not ready. Like, don't pick me. I'm not qualified. Go pick somebody else. I'm just going to close my eyes and act like you're not here. You know, I'm sure that I'm the only one in here that's done that. So um, if I'm not, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, and I want you to capture it. I want you to write down areas he's showing you where you are not living up to your full potential. The first thing I want you to write down is point number one. You're never too far that God can't find you. I think a lot of times we hide because we are afraid we're going to be a disappointment. Um, When Charles and I were younger we had um, the opportunity to be around some really incredible, successful mentors and coaches. They were available to us whenever we, whenever we needed them. They were like, we're just a phone call away. And when I look back at our younger selves, I think, why did we not utilize that more? Like, how in the world did we not, you know, take advantage of this help that we were given more? And, and I realized it was because, you know, we would listen to the little voices in our head, like, oh, you know, they're probably really busy and... You know, we probably should know the answer to this anyway, so we shouldn't call and ask a stupid question. And, um, you know, I think we were worried that we would be a disappointment. 
I mean, that's the worst feeling in the world, right, to be a disappointment. I remember when I was a little kid, if I got in trouble, and my parents were like, I am so disappointed in you. I was like, just spank me, please. Like, that is so much worse than doing that. And I did get plenty of spankings, so I'm sure I deserved them. But we do hide, I think, for fear of disappointing. Or when we know we're not going to do the right thing. Or when we're fearful, like Gideon. The second thing I want you to write down is focus on God, not your circumstances. I say it all the time. Whatever we focus on grows. If we are just so focused on our circumstances around what's happening around us, then it will seem, of course it's going to seem like overwhelming, completely unsurmountable, right? You won't be able to see around them or through them. It's going to make you feel hopeless. It's probably going to make you isolate away from people just like we find Gideon. He's in there hiding by himself. So we've really, really got to discipline ourselves to take our eyes off our circumstances and put them on God. Off our circumstances and go where? Up. Look at God. So I love this. Gideon is hiding out in the wine press and an angel comes to him. An angel, okay? Like I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, and there's an angel. Like imagine if an angel just descended right here. Wouldn't that be so cool? It'd probably have a crown on because it's a Balboa Cherish angel. <clears throat> Maybe this was like a red or regular like thing. Maybe Gideon saw angels all the time, but you would think he would be in awe. But in, and maybe he was, but he was also so consumed with fear and doubting himself that he argues with the angel. Like I kind of love it because it's like so human. Judges six verse thirteen says, "Pardon me, Lord." Gideon required. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Has anybody else ever asked that question? Where are all the wonders our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has just abandoned us and given us over into the land of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So you think he'd be like, oh, yes, that's Lord. He doesn't. He argues again. He says, excuse me, Lord Um, How am I supposed to save Israel? I am the weakest in Manasseh and the least in my family. See, Gideon was only looking at the lies, the doubts, and the fears that the enemy had whispered to him, the things that were written on his name tag that were not true. That is what he was looking at. And, And I get it. What he was facing was real. You guys, there was a huge army out there. They had already, like you know, taken all the food. They had devastated their land. They were trying to defeat them. They were totally outnumbered. Like it wasn't a joke, but he had let unbelief creep in. He was so focused on his circumstances and not on God. So if you're facing something big in your life, I get it. Two years ago, Charles was diagnosed with cancer and we were like, I'm sorry, what? And like, all I wanted to do was like bury my head in the sand and be like, no, 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 no. This is not happening. Like, not us, like, what in the world? And 95% of the time, I was like, oh, heck no. I do not accept this diagnosis. I cancel what's been spoken over my husband. This is not how this is going to work. This is not the destiny for my family. Most of the time, that's where I was. 98% of the time, and every once in a while, when I was tired or weary, and I just let my defenses down just a little bit, and I wasn't reminding myself of God's promises, there would be like this voice that came in. And here's what happens when the devil comes in. It sounds like realistic. Like he attaches it to something that you know to be true, which is why those lies feel very powerful. And I would hear a little voice and it would come in and say, see, 
this is why God made you strong, because you're going to have to do this all by yourself. You're going to have to raise those kids by yourself. It's okay. You have life insurance. It's going to be all right. Those are the lies I would hear. Now, I had to choose right then if I was going to look at my circumstances or if I was going to look to God, look to the word of God and say, oh, heck no, that is not my portion. God has come that I may have life and have it more abundantly. So I am not taking that. I'm not writing that on my name tag. That is not my truth. How many times have we worried before we've prayed? How many times have we just kept things to ourselves without maybe going to our connect room and saying, hey, like, I'm going through this. Can you pray with me? When we look at our circumstances, we feel hopeless. And we start saying things like, oh, it just doesn't look good. You know, or we start complaining. Did you know that complaining blocks blessing? Complaining blocks blessing. And I know that to be true, and yet I still find myself complaining sometimes. I have an amazing husband. I have amazing kids. But it's really easy for me sometimes to complain about the things they don't do. I have a beautiful house, and when we bought it, we decided, I decided, let's be honest, that it all needed to be renovated. And um, I totally thought it would be done by now. It's not quite done. There's a few things that still need to be done. Here's my to-do list. I have it right here with me. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But if I wake up and I look at my beautiful house and I focus on the things that are not done, it's really easy for me to do, but it's a choice. I can look at my circumstances and complain, or I can look at my God. So what is coming out of your mouth? What is coming out of your mouth? I think whenever I'm teaching, I talk about our words, because I understand that when I grabbed this concept, when I understood this concept, it was a game changer for me. It was a game changer. And I love that Yan May already said this, and I'm going to simplify it a tiny bit. She was much more eloquent in it. But our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our destiny. So that means that it starts with your thoughts. And your thoughts are going to become your words. It literally creates your identity. Your brain doesn't understand. Your subconscious doesn't understand the difference between what you say. Whether it's conscious or subconscious, your brain doesn't know the difference, okay? So you have to constantly discipline yourself to measure the words that I do, that come out of my mouth. Do they line up to this word of God? Well, guess what? Good news. God gives us a filter that we can take everything through. All our thoughts. Philippians 4, 8. It says whatever things are true, noble, right? pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. Think on these things. Great. Okay. Awesome. There's our filter. There's our standard. If our thoughts don't line up with that, then we don't say things. And I mean even little things. Like, don't be like, oh, I'm so forgetful. Or like, oh, I'm just so stupid sometimes. Especially if you have kids. They are watching you every move you make and every word you say, and they are going to duplicate that. So, If we don't like the world we live in, we need to check out what's coming out of our mouth. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit. And the Amplified Bible says, and bear the consequences of those words. Do we want to bear the consequences of every one of our words? And listen, I know that there's some people in here that have had words spoken over you that weren't your choice. And I'm sorry for that. That shouldn't have happened. Those things shouldn't be spoken over you. But here's the good news. You can get some healing from that today. You can 
take what's been written on that and, and realize, you know what, that's not actually in a Sharpie. I can just erase that off. That is not who I am. I don't have to take that. I don't have to let that be my future and my identity. You can get some healing today. So make sure you, you leave and start some of that healing before you leave today. Amen. Okay, so back to our story. The angel shows up, and he finds Gideon basically hiding. So speaking of words, let's see how the angel, how God talks to Gideon. Verse 6, I'm sorry, Judges 6, verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and the angel of the Lord says, What the heck are you doing, Gideon? Get up. Like, what, what are you doing? Why are you being a freaking scaredy cat? He doesn't say that. He says, hey, Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Another version says, the Lord is with you, O brave man. Another version says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So he was in a merge man, you guys. He just wasn't acting like it in this moment. And that's okay, because even though we look at him and we see his actions, God didn't look at Gideon and name him by his actions. He named him by how he created him. He didn't name him by his emotions. He didn't name him by his circumstances. He called him how he created him, how he sees him. That is how God sees us. That is what he wrote on your name tag this morning. So what does God say that you are? Does your description of what you wrote on your name tag, match the description that God wrote. Gideon's didn't. God is saying, you're a mighty man of valor. But Gideon is saying, oh, I'm the weakest in my family. He was hiding in a place where he made a choice to be, but it was well below his calling. Gideon wasn't doing all the right things. He wasn't being brave. He wasn't believing God for big things. But what happened? God still what? He still showed up. So even if we're sitting in the mess of our own choices, God will show up. He's going to come meet us there. In fact, in verse 11, it says the angel came and sat down. Like, I don't think I'd read that before. It was like the angel not only just showed up to remind him who he was, but he sat down. He got comfortable. He got into the mess with him. I don't, want us to, I don't want us to miss that. Like, it says that, that he got fully engaged with him. Like, if you're going to sit down, if you're going to invite someone into your house, you know, like we took cookies to the neighbor and we stood in the entryway and talked for like a half an hour, right? But if you're going to go to someone's house, you're going to say, come on in. Let me get you a drink. Let me have a seat. That means they're staying for a while. That is what God wants to do with us. He wants to come in and really, really engage in your life. He already knows the pain. He already knows the disappointment. But he also knows the hopes and the dreams he gave them to you guys. He put that purpose. He put those dreams in you. So God will show up wherever you are, and he'll get into the mess with you. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, I will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua 1.9 says, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So he's there. He's in the mess. He's always there. The title of our message is, My Name Is, so let's watch a video. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. Just when you think you can win, I'll drag you right back down again till you've lost all belief.
one true king. You are not defeat. You are not your circumstances. You are not your feelings. You are not what has been spoken over you. You are a child of the one true king. It's a little old school song there for, to remind us. It doesn't matter, guys, what people have called you because you know what? The only one that created you has the right to name you. You got your name from your parents, and that was because they had the right to name you. Well, God's the one that's given you life. He's the one that has the authority to put labels on you, to put names on you. He's the only one qualified to do that. Why don't we stand to our feet today? <clears throat> I read the other day that circumstances may be difficult for you, but they are not powerful enough to define you. Because God defines you. He's your creator. Close your eyes for a minute. Everyone just, uh, just think about what you wrote on your, on your name tag. What labels have we allowed to put on ourselves? What labels have we spoken over us? What labels have been put on us? Do they match the identity that Christ is trying to give us? Does it match what he wrote? Do you know what God says? God says you are a royal priesthood. He says you have been redeemed. You have been forgiven. You have been restored. You are qualified. God says you've been created for a special purpose. You've been created in the image of God. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. No matter how you were conceived or how you were brought into this world, God wanted you here. He wanted you to be just the way you are. This is a fact. Despite our circumstances, our emotions, or despite what we see, we're going to live up or down to who we believe we are. And so I don't want us to misuse our treasure or our time in this earth. John 10, 10 says, I've come that you may have life and have it in abundance, in full, till it overflows, not just for you, but everybody else around you. And that is what we find with Gideon. Guess what? Who loves a happy ending? Because guess what? With only 300 men, God kept taking his army away. 300, because he wanted him to know it was from God and not from him and his own sources. But he defeated, with just 300 men, he went out there and he defeated that army. He got back his land. He got back all the things that he did. One man, one man got a hold of his identity and he changed a nation, you guys. He changed a nation. Imagine if we got a hold of our identity today. Gideon got up out of the shadows and he stopped looking at his circumstances. He stopped believing what the devil was speaking over him. He stopped reminding himself of his true identity and that changed everything. Everything. What do you need to change in your life today? Where have you been living down here when God has called you to live up here? What labels do you need to take off today? Hello, my name is redeemed, restored, forgiven, chosen. That is who you are. If you believe that or if you want to believe it, raise your hands today. I'm going to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this reminder. I thank you, God, for who you created us to be. I thank you, God, that every single person in here is not an accident. I thank you, God, that there is a plan and a purpose better than they can think or ask or imagine over every single one of their lives. I thank you, God, that we are redeemed. I thank you, God, that we are restored. I thank you, God, that no matter what we have done, you have paid the price already and we are forgiven. I thank you, God, that we are God's masterpiece. 
And right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray against any spirit of unworthiness right now over any single person in this room. Any lies that have been spoken over them that they have taken and put on themselves that they have come into agreement with, we cancel those right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that that is not attached to their identity. I come against the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I silence that voice over their future and over their minds. That is no longer gonna be part of their identity. It's no longer gonna determine their actions. We are not children of fear. God has given us a sound mind. God has given us power and love and a sound mind. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you believe that, say amen. Amen, amen. So I hope, church, that you never look at a name tag the same way again. I hope that when you leave here today, you are reminded that what God did is he took a Sharpie and he wrote on there who you really are. He wrote on there the destiny that God has called for you. He wrote on there the destiny for this sweet baby before she was even born. Years ago, these precious girls, that is why there's a battle for their life sometimes to get them in here. And you know what? Sorry, I cry sometimes when I prophesy. Just ignore me, it's just God. I know that there was a battle to get your sweet little girl here. And I know it didn't look like the way you wanted it to look, but I'm telling you, it, it's a battle that God was gonna win no matter what. And it's a battle that now that it's done, there's gonna be less battles in, that, in her life. When we know who we are and we already have a victory, God goes, okay, see, that's what I can do. Now you can believe for more. Now you can know that big things are coming. So we just thank you, God, that we have victory over every battle. We, we thank you, God, that it doesn't matter what it looks like. We take our eyes off our circumstance and we look to our God. We thank you, Jesus, for those things. We thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this reminder. Ladies, God is doing something right now. There is no accident that God told Pastor Leanne to make Cherish Conference called his masterpiece. Like this next generation, they need to know that God did not make them in the wrong body. He did not make a mistake when he made them. God needs us to stand in the gap and win some battles for this next generation. For this next generation, we will. We're gonna win some battles. So ladies, get your crowns get to cherish. We have room for you. If you can get yourself there, we will make room for you. We will find room for you. So I love you, church. We will see you at men and women's prayer on Tuesday morning. We'll see you at church on Wednesday night. Go and remember you are God's masterpiece.